0: Tonight we are in part three of our series called I am human and the question that we're trying to answer all throughout this series is this It's gonna be on the screen behind me. What does it mean to be human from a biblical perspective? What does the Bible have to say about what it means to, to be a human being and in week one of the series? We talked about that to be human means to be made in the image of God That every single person is formed and created in the image of God. And because every person is made in God's image, every person has value and every person has has worth. Last week we talked about to be human means that we are broken. That all of us as humans, there's something inside of us that's, that's a bit damaged, that isn't quite right. The world around us is broken and damaged. But if we will place our trust, if we will place our faith in Jesus, then to be human also means to be restored. Tonight, we're going to be talking about our identity. Our identity. And what is identity? Our identity is our perception of ourselves. It's how we view ourselves. It's how we uh, define and describe ourselves to other people. It's who we are at our core. And each and every one of us, whether you realize it or not, all of us are on this search to discover, to figure out our identity. We're all trying to figure out the answer to this question, Who am I? Who am I? This is a question that many people spend years and years trying to answer, and the way that you choose to answer this question of who am I will impact nearly every single part of your life. You see, before you're in middle school, your identity is really determined by how you're raised. Like, when you're a little kid, your primary identity is that you are your parent's child. You inherit their looks and their genetics, You pick up their their quirks and their expressions. You take on their values and and their beliefs. Like your identity is tied to who you're raised by. But over time, you start to begin to think for for yourself. You start to make your own decisions about what you believe and what you value. You begin to develop your own interests and your own passions. You start to become your own unique person. And you begin this search to discover your identity. And typically, this takes place sometime during your middle school years. During during this time, you, you begin to form your own identity that's kind of distinct and separate from your parents. It's really the first time in your life where you start to make some of your own decisions, where your parents give you a little bit of freedom. You start to choose things for yourself. And then as you transition into high school, you continue to explore your identity. You're given more freedom. And more responsibility, you're exposed to to more ideas, you're exposed to more of the world. But you see, it's not really until we graduate high school, it's not really until we're out on our own, we go to college, or we move out, that our identity really becomes our own. Because it's not until then where we're really making all of our own decisions, where we no longer have to do something, we don't have to believe something, simply because our parents have told us to. And what your college years and your 20s really become all about is trying to find out what is my identity, who am I? You know, what am I passionate about? What do I wanna do with my life? What do I believe? Who am I as a person? But you see, even as early as middle school, people begin to form their identity. They begin to figure out who they are. And how do people do this? How do people form their identity? I think there's many different ways that people form their identity, but I want to look quickly at three common ways that people try to form their identity. I think you might be able to relate to some of these. The first one is this: is that people form their identity based on what they do. People form their identity based on what they do. They're an athlete, they're a student, they're a gamer, they're a cheerleader, they're a dancer. They are what they do. That's their identity the activity that they participate in, the job that they have, the sport that they play, that's how they identify themselves. And you see, even adults do this. Like so often, adults will identify themselves with their jobs or their career. If you ask them, hey, tell me about yourself, the first thing they say is what they do for for a living. I'm a teacher, or I'm a nurse, I'm a police officer, I'm a pastor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor. Their identity is tied up in what they do. But, But here's the problem with this. Here's the problem with this approach of forming our identity. You're not going to do what you're currently doing for the rest of your life. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how good you are at it. What you're currently doing right now in life, you are most likely not going to be doing for the rest of your life. At some point in time, that activity is going to come to an end. Let me, let me give you an example of this. Let's say you're, you're an amazing baseball player in middle school or high school. You play travel ball, you make the all-star teams, you play on the varsity team at high school, like you're a, you're a really good baseball player. The chances are that your, your time playing baseball, that that activity that's in, in your life is going to come to an end when you graduate high school. Most people who play you know, high school sports, when they graduate high school, that's the end of, of that sport, that's the end of that activity. You know, chances of playing in college are, are pretty slim, but let's say that, that, that you're good enough where after high school, you get a scholarship, and you go and you play baseball, you play your sport at college, and you play it for four years. Well, at the end of that four years, when you're 22 years old, there's pretty much all likelihood that that thing that you're doing, that activity is going to come to an end. Now, there's some people, they're very lucky. They get through college, and they end up going professional in whatever it is that, that they do. They get drafted to the minor league. They work their way up. Maybe they even play a few years in in the majors. But after a few years, they have to, to retire. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how talented they are. It doesn't matter how much they love what they do. At some point in time, that activity is going to come to an end. What you are currently doing right now as a middle school student, as a high school student, you're not gonna be doing forever. And if your entire identity... If who you are is tied up in this activity, if it's tied up in what you do, then when that activity comes to an end, when you stop playing that sport or you stop doing that hobby or when that job ends, if your identity is tied up in that, then when it's over, you're not going to have much of an identity left. I mean, we see this happen all the time with professional athletes and with Olympians. Like from the very beginning, and and when they're four or five years old, they begin to, to train to commit their life to their sport. They spend their, their elementary years, their middle school years, their high school years identifying with this sport, investing their entire life into it. And then they make it to the Olympics or they become a professional athlete. But then at 25, they retire. Or they make it, maybe they make it to 30 years old and then they retire. And they have their entire life ahead of them. They have another 60, 70 years to live but their identity has been so tied up in this this activity, this sport, this thing that they do, that when it's taken away from them, when it ends, they're left not knowing who they are because who they are was tied up in what they do. Students, if you try to find your identity in what you do, at some point in life, you're gonna be disappointed because what you do is not going to last forever. Another way people try to form their identity is through their relationships. Many people, they attach their identity to another person. Maybe it's a a group of friends or the person that they date or the person that they're married to. We even see parents, they'll attach their identity to, to their kids. And here's the problem with this. Just like your sports and your hobbies and your activities, your relationships are not guaranteed to last. And this is gonna sound kinda of harsh, but most of your middle school and high school relationships, I'm not just talking about dating, I'm even talking about friendships. Like most of your middle school and high school relationships are going to end when you graduate middle school and high school. I'm not saying you're not gonna to talk to any of them ever again, but like your, your friend group that you're tight with through middle school or through high school, like chances are when you graduate, that friend group begins to dissolve. That person that you've, you've been dating that's probably not gonna continue. And if your entire identity is tied up in this person that you date or is tied up in this friend group, then when those relationships begin to to kind of fall apart, when you begin to lose those relationships, you can easily lose your identity. You can be left not really knowing who you are. I mean, we see this happen all the time in our world. Somebody will invest their, their entire life into a relationship. That gives them their identity. Maybe it's somebody they date or somebody that that they're married to, and then that relationship comes to an end. And they're completely devastated. And they're not just devastated because they've lost this relationship. They're not just devastated because they've lost this person that they've loved. They're devastated because they've lost themselves in the process. Because their entire identity, who they are, was tied up in this other person. But even if your relationships last, even if it's a lifelong friendship, even if it's somebody that you're you're married to for decades, that person cannot be your ultimate source of identity because they were not designed, they were not created to provide you with your identity. You can't find who you are in somebody else. And so many people, they attach their identity to a person when that relationship ends it leaves them broken, it leaves them crushed, and it leaves them just wondering, who am I? Because they were tied to the other person. People they, they they form their identity based on on their relationships, based on what they do, and finally, many people form their, their identity based on movements. Movements. And over the past few years, we've seen many people tie their identity to different kinds of social and political movements. Things like the the Black Lives Matter movement, things like LGBTQ, things like feminism, things like the the Trump movement. And these movements, all of these, some are very conservative, some are very progressive, all of these movements are seeking to bring about change in the world. They have beliefs, they have ideas, they have values, and they're trying to influence the culture with those beliefs and and those ideas. And, and, And let me say this. I'm not trying to, to affirm or condemn any of those. That, that's not my, my goal tonight. I'm simply sharing examples of different movements, especially over the last couple of years, that people have attached their entire identity to. They've attached their identity to these movements. And you see, many of these movements, they've become more than just hashtags on social media. They've become more than just things that you repost. They're more than just protests or or parades that you participate in. Oftentimes, these movements, they really become lifestyles. These movements, they they impact, they influence how, how you think and how you dress and what you believe and how you see the world. They actually begin to form your identity. They begin to determine who you are. And look, I, I get it. I understand why people oftentimes look to these movements to, to find their identity. They feel like they're, they're a part of something that's, that's bigger than themselves. They feel like they're actually making a difference with their lives because they, they're a part of this thing. They feel like they have this community of people who believe just like them. It provides this, this way of life for them. But students, we need to be careful about tying our identity to any of these kinds of movements. Because while these movements often look really great on the outside, while they seem to be supporting and affirming beliefs and values and ideals that, that we believe and that, that we support, oftentimes these, these different movements in our culture, and it's not just the left, it's not just the right, all of these different movements, there's things going on behind the, the scenes, there's things going on beneath the surface that really aren't so great things that you probably would not want to support, things that you would not want to affirm. Listen, there are no perfect movements. And here's how I know this. Because these movements are led by people. And there are no perfect people. Listen, I'm not telling you to never support these different movements. I'm not not telling you to, to never be a part of political or social change. But it can be dangerous to try to find your identity and these different cultural and political and social movements, because these movements were not designed to give you your identity. So then as a middle school or high school student, as someone who's beginning this journey to discover your identity, to to figure out who you are, here's the question I wanna help you answer in in our final few minutes tonight, it's this. How should you form your identity? How should you form your identity? How should you begin to to form and and, and figure out who you are as a person? You see, I believe that in order for you to to truly know who you are, to, to truly understand your identity, that you have to look to the one that actually created you. You have to look to the one who knows you better than you know yourself. We don't form our identity based on what we do. We don't form our identity based on on who we date or who we follow. We form our identity based on who God says that we are, who our creator says that we are. And fortunately for us, the Bible talks a lot about our identity as humans. It talks a lot about what God has to say about us. And in Ephesians chapter 2, listen to what the apostle Paul writes. He says, as for you, he's saying, as for you, human beings, people, as for you, you were dead. Everybody say dead. He says, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He says, all of us, every single one of us lived among them at the time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. What does the Bible say about our identity as humans, as as people? Well, it starts with some pretty bad news. It says that as human beings, our identity is that we are spiritually dead. Every single human being inherits from birth this, this state of being spiritually dead. And the Bible tells us that because of that, because we are spiritually dead, we are deserving of God's punishment. Our identity is, is that we are spiritually dead. And because we are dead, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, I don't know how many dead bodies you've been around. Hopefully not, not too many. That would be kind of weird. But if you've ever been around a dead body, something you'll notice about it is they can't really do a whole lot. They, it's dead. It's dead, dead. It's like dead, dead, dead. Really dead. It can't talk, it can't respond, it can't get up and move. And the reason it can't do that is because it's dead. And Paul's saying the same is true for us. When we are born and we are spiritually dead, we can't do anything about it. We can't fix this problem on ourselves. But then listen to what Paul says next. He says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive. Everybody say alive. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions and sins. He says, it's by grace you've been saved, and God has raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He's saying, look, we were dead in our sins. That was our identity. We were spiritually dead. But because of God's love for us, because of God's rich mercy, he has made us alive. He's given us this new identity. It says that he's he's raised us up. He's seated us with Christ. You see, as human beings, there are really only two identities that, that we can have. We're either spiritually dead or we're spiritually alive. We're either dead in our sins or we are alive in Christ and every single person, every single one of us in this room, we fall into one of these two categories. We are either spiritually dead or we are spiritually alive. So as the band makes their way back up, what I wanna do just for for the final few minutes is this, is I wanna speak to those two groups that are in the room tonight. The first group is those of you that have placed your faith in Jesus. And if you have trusted in Jesus, if you have placed your faith in him, you have been given a brand new identity. The Bible says that you are no longer dead in your sin. Death is no longer your identity. You are now alive. And this is something that you can never lose. This is something that can't be taken away from you. This is something that you can't can't outgrow. Your identity is secure, which means this. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, if He's given you that new identity, then you don't need to go looking for your identity somewhere else. You don't need to try to find your identity in what you do. As an athlete, as a student, as a competitor, whatever it is that you do, you don't need to try to find your identity in what you do. You don't need to try to find your identity in other people. And that relationship, in those friendships, You don't need to try to find your identity and your achievement, your grades, whether you make that team, whether you get into that that college, your identity is not based on that. You don't need to, to form your identity based on what other people say about you or what other people think about you. I mean, how often do we look at ourselves and think about ourselves based on what other people think and what other people say? You see, if you are in Christ, if you have placed your trust in Him, then God is the only one who gets to determine your identity. God is the only one who gets to say who you are. And who does God say that you are if you've placed your faith in Jesus? Listen to to what the Bible has to say about who God says that you are. God says that you are a new creation. That your old way of life, your old nature, the the, the death, all of the, the brokenness in your life, it's gone. You are a new creation. It says that you are accepted and you are loved. You don't need to go looking for acceptance from other people. You don't need to go looking for love from other people. You are already accepted and loved as you are because of your relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror, that you're not a slave to fear. You're not a slave to sin. You're not a slave to those things that, that hold you down in life, but you're a conqueror. The Bible says that if you are in Christ, you are God's handiwork, that God did not make a mistake with you, that God designed you on purpose with a purpose. He's given you gifts and abilities and a personality. He's made you how you are. If you are in Christ, you are a child of God. You've been adopted into God's family, and that comes with different privileges. That comes with different rights. You're a part of God's family. And listen, These aren't just cheesy things that you read on a birthday card from your grandma. You know, I think we sometimes read these things and in scripture and hear these things are like, yeah, yeah, I know that. What, what, What does that really mean? Listen, that is your identity. That is who you are. And you don't need to go searching and looking for your identity out there or try to find it in something else. God has already determined your identity. God has already said who you are. And you simply just need to live it out. You need to walk. In that identity, you need to walk in who God has already said that you are. But the second group in here is is those of you that have never placed your faith in Jesus. And the Bible tells us that without Jesus, that we are spiritually dead. That we are in a hopeless situation. And we are destined for eternity separated from God. And there's nothing that we can do to fix it. There's nothing that we can do to to fix this problem. But because of God's love, because of God's mercy, God has made a way for you to have a new identity, for you to be made alive. And how do you get this new identity? Listen to what Paul finishes with. Paul says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. It's not by works so that no one boast. Paul says that we receive this new identity. We become alive by God's grace through our faith. What is grace? Grace is God giving you something that you don't deserve. The Bible says that what you deserve is punishment. What you deserve is death. What you deserve is separation from God. But God has extended his grace. God has extended his kindness God has given us a chance to have this new identity, to be made alive. But in order for us to receive this grace, in order for us to to have this new identity, it means that we have to respond with faith. And what is faith? Faith is a transfer of trust. It's a transfer of trust. We're, We're no longer trusting in ourselves. We're not trusting in our efforts. We're not trusting in our ability and our goodness and our works and in our own efforts. We're not trusting ourselves. Instead, we transfer that trust and we place that trust in Jesus and what Jesus has done for us and who Jesus says that we are. Jesus can make you alive. Jesus can give you this new identity. You can become a child of God by God's grace through faith. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you know, in a room this size with this many students, I, I imagine that there are some who find themselves in that second group. That your identity right now is that, is that you are spiritually dead. And maybe you, you've known that, maybe you, you've never realized that before. But tonight, I believe that God is speaking to you, that God is working in your life. And God is extending you this invitation for for a new identity. To be alive, to be a child of God, to be a part of God's family. And that's you tonight. I wanna wanna give you that opportunity to accept that gift from God, to to take on that new identity, to become a part of God's family. You see, there's nothing, nothing special. There's nothing that we can do to earn that. The Bible simply says that if we will call out to God if we will put our trust in him, that he promises to save us, he promises to to make us alive. And that's something that you want to do tonight. If that's a decision you want to make, I want to give you an opportunity to to do that just now. And all I'm going to ask is that, that in your heart, that you would pray this prayer. This isn't some magical prayer. These aren't special words. This is just you asking God to save you, asking God to give you this new identity. So if that's you tonight, If you want to receive that gift from God, I'm just going to ask you to to repeat in your heart to, to pray this prayer to God. It's this God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I can't fix my problem. I know that I am spiritually dead. But God, I want to be alive, I want a new identity. I want to be a part of your family. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. No one looking around. If tonight, if you made that decision for the very first time, if tonight you have placed your faith in Jesus, if you've been given that new identity, if you've gone from death to to life, all I'm gonna ask you to do right now is I just want you to, to slip up your hand wherever you're seated. Nobody's looking around. Just to slip up your hand. And I want you to look up at, at me here on the stage. I just wanna make eye contact with you. Lift up your hand and I just want you to look up here because I wanna pray for you. I see you there. I see you, buddy. I see you. I see you over here to my left. I see you here. put your hands back down. If that is a decision you made tonight, if you really meant that, if you asked God to give you that new identity, then your identity now is that you are alive, that you are a child of God, and that is the greatest, the most important decision that you've ever made. And here's all I ask, is that before the night's over, is that you would come find me or Morgan or one of the adult leaders. We just, we just want to talk to you about it. We want to celebrate with you. We're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to help you now as you begin this new journey of following God and growing and knowing who you are as a follower of Jesus. God, we thank you that while we were dead, while we were lost, God, that you made a way for us, that you sent Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin. And God, by placing our faith in you, we can have a new identity. We can be made whole. We can be alive. And Lord, for those of us in this room who who maybe we've trusted in you a long time ago, but we've been trying to find our identity in so many different things and what we do and people and different movements, we get caught up in these things. God, I pray that we would remember tonight that you have already given us our identity, that you have already said who we are. And God, that we would live that out, that we would walk that out, that we are children of God. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.